You are listening to Dad Bods Podcast. Enjoy and remember to always cash tickets. It's episode 14 and we're just jumping right into it. We got the man himself at Sharks and Sports on Twitter. He's here. He's back. Recurring guest. What's going the on, nation. Buddy? What's going on, my He's friend? For more hype, he wants more hype. He he doesn't He's giving need us more the hype. hype sound. He's got plenty of hype. Well, let's okay. check where he is in the leaderboard. I don't want to hype too much because he's not. Yeah, hype. yeah. Where is he on the leaderboard? Let's look. Well, let's look. See where? I, oh, I'm on the very almost almost on the bottom is where I'm at. Uh, Holding it down in second place. Well, you know, there he is. Thanks, oh, back on, of course. There he is. There he is. Beautiful thing that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Dadbot's podcast started, I believe, pilot episode, what, mid middle of July? So this is about a little over two months now. Isn't that crazy? I've yeah, got really, really blacked out of time, so I'm not really yeah. sure. And, I mean, you guys have hosted a lot of the big personalities within the sphere that we interact mm-hmm. with, at least. Mm-hmm. Not so much going outside of our little window, which right. I think we like to do at some point. But, you know, unfortunately, gambling Twitter is very competitive. It is hard to branch out into other people's spheres. Uh, you know, it's it's very isolated in a lot of ways, unfortunately. So if you're in a different if you're in a different sphere, come over to our sphere. Yeah, let's come merge spheres. Dad NFL leaderboard 2020, which well, that's where it's at. Is hosted by Punisher Picks himself. I call him Punisher Expletive Picks for good reason. Yeah, he baby. lives in a beautiful mansion. Yeah, in baby. He chills out every day. He has two beautiful kids, beautiful wife. He oftentimes gets smoochies at 4.30 on a Sunday afternoon, and he lives a glorious lifestyle. And then you got Anthony, otherwise known as Oddsfellow up there in Maine. We got to state that out, Maine. And I'll shout out my man Guns Picks from the University of Maine, ex-college football player. They'll plug to our man there in the contest. And uh, the personalities are great. And this contest is really taking shape. And I think, you know, a couple comments on that. We started this just really off the cuff where we just decided, you know, NFL is hard to cap, number one. Yep. Yep. And truthfully, you know, when you have a lot of action out on a Sunday afternoon, I speak from personal experience, you go to the bar, you're hanging out with your boys, it sucks. You're on your phone, you're looking at like 10 angles, fantasy, props, sweat, sweating games. Total you can't just like, enjoy the games. You're, you're too worried about all the other peripheral shit. Exactly. And, of course, that's where we started this. We thought, you know, what, what could be more fun than competing with our friends and taking just the edge off of it publicly where actually the competition – amongst us is more so of the public environment that we're exposing. And the cool part about it is it's not, you know, I've had people ask how much to get in, how much to get it. It's, it wasn't anything. It's, it's a bragging rights thing, which is even better. I mean, everybody's into it. Everybody's getting their picks in on time. It's a one to three unit scale. Um, it's easy to do. It's three games and. We're going to uh, grow it. That's not to say we might not have some more fun with it next year, but it's, yeah, it's bragging rights. We're all enjoying this. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. And, and uh, Sharky is of course the perfect host for it because <clears throat> his videos are just epic. I mean, if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you don't know him, I don't know how you wouldn't know him, but if you don't follow the guy, he knows his there's shit. About, there's about, I think a hundred million people on Twitter that do not know me. So there you go. We're going to help extend that reach. And, uh, you know, again, it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, media is tough. I mean, it's a, it's a competitive game, right. you know, and coming right. from the outside of the box, it's even harder, truly, which I think, you know, just a side comment, as much as I disagree with some of the things that Barstool does from the gambling perspective, which, you know, truthfully, they're, they're encouraging fishy gambling, which I don't like. I mean, I'd rather have people be smart about it and make money than just become legitimate degenerates. Yeah, it's, in, it's, inter- it's inter- entertainment first and then more winning second which is really weird but yeah like that's how they've grown that's how they've grown and they've got a great following and and i really i enjoy their stuff i'm not gonna lie Um, yeah but i'm smart enough not to follow their picks (laughs) i mean it's situational for me just from the standpoint that i don't you know like as a as a capper that prides myself on deep analysis and winning and helping people win so they don't feel like shit because outside of like the the very periphery of it which is like people in bars losing money and laughing about it which is kind of barstool presents it people go home and they have terrible depression because they're losing so this it's kind of like selling cigarettes where like 
this, you know, they sell them as this like glamorous thing, but then behind, behind closed doors, people are utterly miserable with this shit. So that, that's where like, I disagree with it, but it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a fundamental disconnect between me and stool Prez. What's up, brother? Talk to me. Well, what's your other one? It's probably a, a hard fundamental disagreement on the approach to pizza reviews, which I don't want to kick us completely off the rails, no. but we might have to address this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, do you want to let's discuss the competition a little bit? Let's get into yeah. Let's look at last players. week's results. Yeah, I've got, got last week's picks. Cappers, we got sixteen in the mix. In week three, we had <laughs> I got everything up. We okay, had good. four perfect scores, so we should give wow. them some props, including our leader. Wow. Lockbets.net stayed in there with back-to-back perfect weeks. We also had yourself with the perfect week. Very important. Sharky. Uh, the lock of Gibraltar are, we had him on to talk golf, super sharp in football, of course. Mm-hmm. And the first lady of gambling Twitter, Megan making money. So I think those, those four jumped out in, in week three. Yeah. yeah. It's all, you have to almost go perfect. And I made this remark on Twitter. You got almost got to go perfect dreams. just, you just to, to hang dreams. in this competition. Yeah. I mean, everybody is really throwing their A game out there. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't expecting it, I, really. Like, I was never – I got to be honest. I mean, like, I've never really, like, crushed the NFL. And, you know, I've kind of been, like, break-even for, like, 10 years. I didn't have a great season last year on Twitter. But, you know, of course, one season doesn't find anybody. That's another point just about gambling Twitter in general. People need to really take a step back from the small window and realize that, you know, a great gambler could lose for a month or two. And conversely, a horrendous gambler could crush for So – I just, I, and I think, it, as we said, the competition taking the edge off of it a little bit, I've been a little less stressed out about it and it been able to take just a step back and really analyze it in a deeper way. Whereas last year it was like, I was just, I would look at the board and I would just immediately get like super stressed out about it. So yeah. just, that's another side point about lifestyle. I mean, the minute you can just relax a little bit, obviously success. <clears throat> yeah. And that's a good point. And I think most of these people in this competition think that way as well. And they're all, they're all having fun with it. They're doing it the right way. They're not looking for a home run hitter week. They're looking for a long-term sustainability. So, um, yeah, so we had three, three perfect. Wow. I was not one of them. Thanks to the, uh, Air, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, we could talk about that for 20 minutes, but <clears throat> why, why don't we go down and just recap briefly. Yeah. I can go through, I'll just start yeah. off. I got, I got it right yeah, here. let's go, let's go through your, let's go through your uh, your three picks and you know your first your, your biggest pick was Dallas Seattle over which was a, a home run, I mean just an absolute. Yeah. yeah, and again like that one I made the comment on air, well, to be honest was a little bit more of a public take and I think optimally as any gambler should know but they don't unfortunately it's very polarized to sharps and public there's not a lot of mix, which is where like. Unfortunately, when the public gets crushed, the sharps win, and when the sharps get crushed, the public wins. And yeah. it, technically, you don't want that to happen. Like you don't want your card to be all or nothing. And of course, sharps do win at fifty-eight to sixty-two percent at the highest rate. But again, that's still a thirty-eight percent margin, even when at your best point. So I always try to mix and match as best I can. Well, you, this, this, this is a point. great this is a great example of your mixing and matching because you went more of a public take with that over. Right. And then your, your Detroit and Carolina picks were sharp. I mean, that, those, weren't, those weren't plays that a guy's going to walk up to the, to the window in Vegas and make, in no. my opinion. No. Right? No. no way. Right. So you had Detroit plus five and a half and Carolina plus six and a half. And those were both, those are both bad teams getting less than the touchdown. And both won outright. And both yeah. won outright. Yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, when it comes down to it, I, I look at a couple of factors there. First of all, I look at – I think with NFL more than anything, because there's only 16 games, mm-hmm. there's much more of like an up-down, up-down, week-to-week, game-to-game than there is in any other sport. You know, you could lose six straight baseball games. That doesn't matter. You know, so basically like week-to-week, there's a lot more of just like this – Such a – yeah, such a smaller window and such a more of a like – Detroit and Carolina were probably way more motivated to win that game and not go in 0-3, right? Absolutely. And not only that, looking at what happened last week is so important. The Chargers just played a great home game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They probably they probably they could have and maybe should have won. Should have won. Yep. Yep. 
So that was like almost like their, you could call it like their season Super Bowl. When you get a home game in the division against a rival that you play twice a year, every year, and they just won the Super Bowl and have the highest contract athlete in American professional sports history on the team. I mean, talk about like getting up for a game. And then that's where I look at it and I'm like, well, they just did. Now here comes the crater effect. They're probably going to play a terrible flat game. There you go. And it's easier to look at in football because again, it's one game in and out where it, it becomes a little more difficult when there's 82 or 162 because it does sort of, sort of cluster and people get frustrated. There's too many units risk like in a yeah, week, right. you know, so it's a totally different environment. But you know, the same thing with the Detroit game. The Cardinals were 2-0 and 2-0 against the spread. They beat San Francisco in week one, which, of course, again, that was a Super Bowl team within their division. Peak motivated spot. And then they beat the, the Washington Redskins at home, who – honestly kind of suck if we're just being dead honest yeah but it was also coming off of a win themselves they beat they're improved. they're improved but they're 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 a bottom third team precisely and so that's where you get the lions then you, you kind of look at you know what did the lions do how are they oh and two they got backdoored by they had a 17 point lead in the fourth quarter in week one and lost yep. so again if they yep. played a pretty damn good football game they shouldn't right. lose that game. it's a representative effort and then in week two, and I would say the psychology of it, when you get backdoor, that is like crushing loss. That's not like getting beat 50 to nothing where you get pissed off, you know? So then they, they were clearly like demoralized and they just laid down to Green Bay, who also is on like this revenge tour. Like yeah, that might, those losses might keep looking better and better, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, like with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, dude, this guy, you could, I mean, like, like imagine if what's his name, uh, what is it, LaFleur, the coach? Imagine if he comes out like and writes like a memoir in like 30 years, and he's like, you know what? I only drafted Jordan Love to piss off Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it worked. Motivation. It worked Peter Brady for a few years. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was kind of wrong. You're thinking, I was kind of thinking that. Did the Texans fit that narrative to you as well last week? Because I, I had yeah. them. I kind, yeah. they kind of fit that same mold as an 0-2 team. You that, took them as a one unit, right? Yeah. 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 And I no, guess. they did a hundred percent. And, you know, honestly, the beauty of this contest is I think it's teaching us all something, which we probably never thought about zoning in on your top plays reduces variance. I was more. just going to say that. Yeah. Because I went through and oh, but my last two cuts were Houston and Atlanta, which both were correct analytically, but got pretty awfully backdoor. And that's who I was on as well. So, yeah, then, I, I snuck Atlanta up to the top. Yeah. Uh-oh. And then Uh-oh. you think about, like, I know, you know, I know Anthony deals with this oftentimes. And I don't, you and I haven't discussed this as much, but I know, like, the add on factor to your card is so much. It's that classic, like, FOMO, like, fear of missing out, like, oh my God, like, am I cutting two winners? Is this that much better than that one? And then you expand your card, and then it's like, truly when you can optimize it at the highest level you want to cut your card and just really nail like three or you get get into that mode where you're like all right i'm going to take two morning games one afternoon game or right right or different point too because i mean like truthfully it's it's kind of hard to take particularly in football on sundays and baseball on sundays as well where the games go on for 12 hours like it's like can i emotionally have this sweat going for 12 hours as I try to live my life, no, you know, not healthy, <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, continue. Well, let's switch gears to green Bay. I think you mentioned that one. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers being hot. I know that's fast forwarding a little bit to Sunday night football. Uh, you didn't have it in the contest. Pun did. He grabbed an early line. Cause another thing I'll keep highlighting here that I think is again, teaching us something else is like, we're also able to see the opening line value and play that up a little bit sometimes. Um, and pun grabbed that spot at plus 6.5 before that thing closed at, you know, three, three and a half, depending on where you were getting it. What, what went down in that game? Cause I know you were pretty high on the saints as I was too. And I think I released later that night. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the reason I played the saints, I did not post that on Twitter and I did not put it in the contest. What? Oh. Yeah. No, but anyway, so I played the Saints personally, but I did not put that on Twitter. And, you know, I I oftentimes will do that because, you know, like 
late game, I'm drinking beer, I want to just have a little sweat. Right. Well, I don't I don't want people publicly tailing that because it's not like, you know, really a top grade play. And I think what happened there is what exactly what happened in the Monday night game as well. And when I looked at the card originally, I thought to myself, you know, this is great that the NFL actually scheduled three games in a row that are really top quality entertainment. They of course had 425 Dallas and Seattle, which 38, 31. I mean, that's exactly what they want. They want yeah. a high scoring competitive shootout. Yeah. And then they get Sunday night football, 37, 30, same thing. And then they get, of course, Chiefs-Ravens, which was billed to be a much better game than it was. That was an absolute disaster. But, you know, in, in these type of games, there's always a counter-narrative. And this is what people don't understand. When you take a side, this is not saying, like, this is 10 out of 10, all points checked, mortal lock, put your net worth on it. And people hyperbolically say that all the time, like, you know, mortgage your house. And it's like, no, actually, that's not even a funny joke don't ever mortgage your house even on the best scenario because there's always a counter narrative and like when i look at the chiefs game you know 100 percent. i said this about this week too when the ravens cover two road games at arrowhead and then they come home and are now a favorite there's a unique environment in sports betting that teams function better as dogs versus being favorites and a corollary which i'm going to be playing this week i have the Jags fading the Bengals, who are 3-0 and against the spread, all as dogs. And now the Bengals come home and lay points. And I think it's a very similar environment to the Ravens versus Chiefs mm-hmm. window of, the, of that scenario. I think it's also similar to that Jags-Dolphins game that was flipped a little bit. You had the Jags actually in that spot, uh, usually a dog. I think they were a three-point favorite on a short week against the Dolphins. And they right, and they played an awful game, and they got beat. That's not gonna, not gonna lie to you guys, I didn't watch a single snap of that game. So you're pumped for this Thursday? That's what you're saying. <laughs> Thursday yeah. night football keeps delivering. I can't, I can't wait. I just. And also, correct me if I'm wrong. The Jags were two and zero against the spread of the season going into that game. They were. Yeah, and and one and right. one overall because they won game week one outright, and then they they hung really tight against the now zero and three against the spread. Tennessee Titans. Exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Um, NFL. NFL is it's hard. It's hard this year without fans. It's hard this year with coronavirus. Well, I think that played in the Monday night. You'd have to think that Ravens team comes out a little bit differently if they're not completely flat. Same with that Saints game too. That Saints game was a big indicator with Aaron Rodgers doing what he did on the road in that stadium, and same with Dallas and uh, Seattle. I think Dallas plays a much different game because I, I don't think those teams are close personally. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't think Dallas is on Seattle's level as a Dallas fan. I just, I just don't see it. Um, True. Although let's be honest, right. A lot of times fan bases get way too high on their teams and way too low on their teams. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. And the, the line was four and a half, and it was a one-score one game at the buzzers. So, Yeah, but, I mean, for, Seattle had a guy stripped in the end zone and all that bullshit happened. It, that was, it, the game wasn't, wasn't that close. It was yeah. never that close, ever. It, as close as the score indicates to me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, Seattle was, like, noticeably in control the entire time. Yeah. You just knew that a little bit of a flurry in the third quarter when the the defense finally strung together some stops, but that defensive unit, they're just too banged up in the secondary. They're so undisciplined, which is, it's like, I'm watching Jason Garrett 2.0 out there. I don't know how that didn't change, but. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. It it almost has nothing to do with the coach. Your quarterback is your coach to a degree. So what do you guys think about the Cowboys this week hosting the Browns? I think they'll win. The Browns are a train wreck. I think they think they're in a similar situation um, with a lack of leadership at the quarterback position. I think Baker's talented. I think he's about Baker. I think I he wants. To, I think he Baker wants to be about the team. Win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wants to be wants to be a leader, but I just don't think he his personality will allow him to be an unselfish guy. You see him on the bench during a big game, leaning back with his wide receivers chilling when he should be up there 
next to his head coach rooting for his defense to get a stop and get the game over. It's just a different – He he's just not – he's not a, the caliber guy I would want as my quarterback. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, a guy like him because he's a very explosive guy. You know, Dak Prescott is kind of the polar opposite. Like, Dak definitely just, like, leads by example. Baker's a real energy type of guy, which is why he's way more volatile. Like, you know the Cowboys will lay a dud. I, I'm mildly disagreeing here because I do think that Dak, again, leading by example, he doesn't create as much volatility. Where, like, I do look at the coach. I mean, Jason Garrett, like, no offense to Jason himself. I mean, he's a solid citizen of the United States. But he had no energy for 12 years. I mean, he is, like, ultra flat. And McCarthy is – Are you sure? I watched him clap a lot. What? What? I watched him clap. Yeah, Jason Garrett looks really pumped up on the Giants' sideline too, doesn't he? Right. Like, it's like, like, (laughs) oh, my God. And then you, but I but I did after watching that for twelve years I did expect more Adam McCarthy and they're making a lot of the same mistakes right out the gate. Well, McCarthy just McCarthy you, just I, I has Jason Garrett's team, and he yeah. needs to get his guys, True. The guys that he wants. And another point that can't go overlooked: McCarthy underachieved with Rodgers and the Packers for a decade too, and it was always the same crap, like poor game management lack of balance in the offense, like bad personnel. Of course, that's Jerry Jones. It's almost like a double-down effect. It, like they, they already did the same thing in Green Bay. Now you get Jerry Jones with his, like, highly biased sort of diva drafting skills. It's, it re- I, I didn't like the hire when it, when it went down, and you're seeing what's, gonna, what's already happening. I agree. Well, that's enough Cowboys chatter. Nobody wants to listen to us, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we got a lot more games to break down and maybe a surprise or two. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough. A surprise? Really? Maybe. Come back and find out. Here's a message from our sponsors. (laughs) Yes. LockBets.net. LockBets, a place where friends, family, and foes come together to find parity in your wagers. We specialize in MLB, NFL, NCAA basketball, NCAA football, and guess what? Every other motherfucking sport. Listen, the old saying goes, we cook, we cash, we f- like a goddamn champion. Lock bets. Lock underscore bets. Please follow, subscribe, rate, retweet, like my f- tweets. And listen, boys, we engage, we have a good time. My full sponsorship on the Dad Bods podcast. Now that you've heard from our wonderful sponsors, we're back <laughs> to talk more NFL. So I'll turn it over to the host, the man at Sharks and Sports. Absolutely. And I got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Bud Light and White Claw here. I think the lattes. <laughs> yeah. We're a pro seltzer, pro seltzer podcast. Pro Seltzer Podcast, and I think White Claw is very good. I'm drinking a lemon lime right now. i got to give a shout-out to Gatorade for inspiring me in 1998 to even try this flavor in 2020. Unbelievable. And i got to give a shout-out to the leader of our competition, as I always say, LockBets.net. Not God, also also not, a sponsor. God damn it. And truthfully, i got to give a shout-out to Lock. I love him to death. He's a great guy. I'm proud of him. He's crushing it. But I'm coming for the title, baby. Watch your back. And You're not far or- off. Two points off, right? That is correct. And we're going to go straight heat. We're going to talk NFL. We're going to go down to the list of games here, full slate, no bye weeks until I believe maybe next week. Week five is probably the beginning of bye weeks. Don't, don't check me on that gambling tour. I know there's a lot of fact checkers out there. And we're going to go straight to what is probably the most inspiring matchup in the last four years in the NFL, the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets, Thursday night football. Fun picks. Any thoughts on this game? Um, I will be watching something else. That's my thoughts. I like that. No, no, I, no I, I, I do think Denver isn't as bad as their record. I, think, I don't think they're a bad team. Uh, I, I, I thought Drew Locke would be a lot better than he is, personally. Don't, didn't, didn't you? Yeah, although it is the third stringer now, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess he got hurt, and then... Um, Driscoll, and then... Driscoll. I, think I, read, I, think they, I think I read they're bringing Brock Osweiler back, but that's just... I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I think John Elway is going to come out of the front office. He can still sling it. You know John Wood, too. John's got the, the biggest ego on planet Earth. Oh. But, uh, no, oh, I, 
know who it is. It's Brett Rippon. Ooh, it's Boise State. Is that the pride of Boise State? I was going to say. And is that Mark Rippon's son. I was going to say, for those of you guys who remember this, what, 27 years ago, before they were just a football team and they actually had a name, and that's not ever disrespect left, right, or center, but <laughs> the fact that they were another <laughs> franchise in the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills for the win. At that point, the Buffalo Bills, I believe, lost four straight Super Bowls. Yep. So now we got the second version, Brett Rippon, not Mark Rippon. Interestingly he can enough. Sling it. He can sling it. I mean, I think the, the, the Broncos are just really injured right now. That's, that's their problem. Obviously yeah, oh, yeah. Started, obviously started with Von Miller before, uh, before the season even started. Um, and then is Cortland Sutton, is he hurt? I think Sutton he's has a shoulder well. injury. I believe yeah. he's, he's out too. Yeah, so. Yeah, and, I, like, and looking at this game, obviously, I mean, I've made numerous comments even dating back to last year. Um, I was pretty bullish on the Jets last year. I thought, you know, Adam Gase would give them a jolt. He actually oh. did that in year one with the Dolphins, and then he fell off a cliff. Of the Dolphins. But he had one good year, and it was like kind of the new scheme. I think he just re-energized the building, and he just didn't do it. Of course, you know, Sam Darnold getting mono did not help. Uh, shout to New York City bar scene and vodka drinking. But <laughs> truthfully, I mean, they were just a disaster. I had the over six and a half, seven last year, and I lost that emphatically. I couldn't believe it. A lot, of people going, had that. a lot of people had that. You weren't alone. I mean, that was a yeah. popular take. I think <clears throat> they're, they're just bad, bottom line. Although, I got to make a comment here. I'm looking at the total here at 40, and I think this might be a good over because I think on a short week – just inherently, and this is usually a public narrative, short week, they're tired, they won't score. It's the polar opposite. The defenses are tired and they're backpedaling. It's way harder to run against the grain with pro athletes running four fours down your throat than it is to do the polar opposite, play offense. And I think obviously the Jets have been unable to score. They've been putrid. But, you know, again, they played, what, last week against the Colts? The Colts have the number one defense in the NFL. Yeah. Colts are good. Colts are good. Colts shouldn't have uh, lost week one. They, they kind of gave that game away. Sometimes right? two bad teams can create a fun, high-scoring game, too. Exactly. And This also could be it for Adam Gase. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, Sam Darnold has never really been given a fair shake in the NFL. You know, you know the, the scheme has been poor. Coaching's been poor. He's been hurt. Again, mono. Who knows? But he's kind of a gunslinger. He kind of reminds me of like a Jeff George. He kind of just sits in the pocket and lets mm -hmm. it rip. Mm -hmm. And that's highly variant, of course, where you can get blown out and score 10 points, but you're also going to connect once in a while. And I think, again, short week, and this line's coming up. I mean, 40 is way higher than these teams' actual points per game total, I believe. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that let's just make the comment right off the cuff. You know, Joe Public will be on the under here for sure. So what's the line? So what's the, what's the spread, though? It's pick. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's moved. It was like three. It was, it was, it's hovered between a, a field goal and a pick. So do we like the Jets here? They're much more talent. They're, they're, they have a lot more talent than the Broncos on paper. They're the um, home team on the short week. I don't know how much that means anymore. You I don't know. I mean, a little bit of a sexy trend. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like, – West again, traveling I mean, east. This game is pathetic. I mean, really. But when it comes down to it, you, I think the sharpest thing that – Pun just said is that oftentimes with teams that are 0 3, have young quarterbacks, scattered rosters, and fledgling coaches, you get just a shitty football game that has a lot of points. Yep. And okay. I think the over is probably the sharpest take, for me at least. I think the over is the sharpest take. I think <clears throat> the, the number speaks for itself. I mean, given their recent history, this line should be like 28 and it's 40. Yeah, it could be. You know, it's it's going to be a teaser over for me. There's no doubt I'm teasing this. Get it to taking it over. 33. Like, uh, just like even for reference, right? The last two weeks combined, the Jets have only scored 20 points combined in the last two weeks. And now, essentially, at a pick 'em, they are average to score 20 on Thursday. So it's just speaking to just natural efficiency. And as I said, Defenses play worse on short weeks just across the board. What do you like on the Sunday slate? I think, well, let's just go down it. I mean, 
the uh, the first game Colts at Bears, which I think is interesting because the Bears are three and zero, and they could easily be one and two. They have two egregious fourth quarter backdoors. They backdoored at Minnesota, or excuse me, at Detroit in Week One, and then of course last week they broke everybody's heart that had Atlanta. I think right. the take with that backdoor, and then you get the Colts coming in here. And it's a weird, funky line. Because, again, the Colts didn't travel well week one at Jets. But that's a divisional road game. Out-of-division road game is massively different. Um, it's a short line for the favorite by, I think, most standards. I think Colts are weighted heavier on offense and defense. And I think we don't really know what's going on with the, the Trubisky Foles. I think Foles will play. I'm assuming yeah, they, they yeah, they've, they've, already already announced. Announced. they've already announced he's a starter moving forward. So that, okay. might, that might affect um, the Colts – scheme a little bit because you you scheme differently for Trubisky who's a runner versus Foles who's a pocket guy I think Trubisky had a 45 yard dash was one of the better plays he had and we I mean he was their leading rusher at one point I think Trubisky was so yeah I just don't I I don't for me I'm staying away from if the Bears are in the game I'm staying away from the game I I don't I don't know which Bears are ever going to show up I don't know if they're good I don't know if they're bad Kind of like the Eagles. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles either. They, they just is it, is it another more. Herbert situation, though, where you get Herbert late notice, it kind of stuns the Chiefs. They don't play well, right? They didn't have time to scheme against him. And then you looked how he Maybe. looked in week Maybe. three. You know? Yeah, yeah. Although I do think that there's a big difference between a journeyman like Foles and a rookie in his first start. And – I think the Chiefs more or less were caught in a trap environment. I mean, let's be honest, right? They played a primetime game in week one, the opener of the season against Houston on Thursday night. And then they had the look-ahead game against Lamar Jackson on Monday night. I mean, it was the ultimate trap game. So I think that was more actually just an emotional letdown than actually the scheme versus I think that, I think looking back at it, I think it was a look ahead. It was they were looking ahead yeah. to that big Ravens game. Yeah. Didn't take the, the Chargers seriously and just coasted to that win. Um, Absolutely. And I think jumping off what you said, I don't want anything to do with this game at all. I mean, I think that Nick Foles adds a totally abstract, unpredictable element. We really don't know who he is at this point. And the line is just like one of those awful lines. You got two and one, oh and one away, laying two and a half to a three and a one and a one. I mean, it's just like, who knows, really? Gun, gun to my head, I'll take the Colts just because I think they're a better team. I trust them a little bit more. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you there. And, and what's next? New Orleans, Detroit. That's another weird game. <laughs> One comment on that that you said, I, like, you know, if actually, I got to be honest, I would probably take the Bears here because I look at the Colts. They tanked on the road at the Jags. Then they beat the Vikings, who just are uninspired traveling yeah. on the road. And then they beat uh, who's, the Jets last week. So they actually yeah. picked their road game. And then they have two really kind of weak victories at home. Like, and then you get the Bears with Foles. Again, like Foles, you know, he went to Arizona. He's kind of like a surfer type of dude. I think that, honestly, he might juice them up. And I think they might go on a bit of a run. Here. <laughs> I, think I think he I- calms them down. I think he really calms them down. He has yeah. that calming – I've won a Super Bowl before. I'm not going to be scared of playing Indianapolis. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pissed off about me not being named the starter week one. I'm yeah, a, he's, he's a professional. And, and it's, it's the polar opposite of Trubisky, yeah. who was, like, just so anxious about his job. You could sense his insecurity every snap. Yep. He, was, he was a reach at that, num- at that what, number two or three, whatever pick he was. It was a reach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's, he's, he can't overcome that hype. He's constantly trying to prove that he – should have been picked above Mahomes, which everybody knows he shouldn't have. And he yeah. can't hear the end of it. So um, yeah. it, it's tough for Trubisky. He probably needs a change of environment. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think um, he just needs to go to a different team. Um, yeah. No, I mean, he, he 100% has to go to another team. I, I don't know about could be a good quarterback. Though. I mean, he was you're kind of your classic – you know, UNC is not a football school, really. Yeah, yeah. And that was before Mac Brown, or was it like Mac Brown's first or second year? Oh, no, it was before. No, it was well before. Well, right, it was, exactly. uh, Yeah, it was another guy. So we're talking like a, a kind of, a, in my opinion, like a real lackluster, you know, college football environment. 
and he was just the classic guy. You go back to like even the '90s, like guys like Tim Couch coming out of Kentucky, Achilles Smith, Oregon, Pre, Chip Kelly, like a lot of these guys Ooh, catch nice film, you know, in their senior year. This is what he did. He caught heat in his senior year against a weak schedule. Most of his stats were not against the contenders in the ACC. And then he gets overdrafted, period. I don't think he's Dan- good. Daniel Jones is another, is another guy to me that fits that. I, I, don't, I don't see him. I don't see that hype. When you're at Duke, you don't really have any pressure on you to perform because no, nobody's I'm, expecting anything of you. That was an awful pick. I mean, I don't, everybody, just think, everybody gets falls in love with Cutcliffe and what he did with Manning and all that. And quarterback whisper, they can feed off of that. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I just—it's a bad situation. He needed to be drafted by a good team, like Mahomes got drafted by a good team. Uh, and a coach. He's and not good. He's not good enough to build, to overcome like what Aaron Rodgers can do with a roster that isn't just not that good. You know. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, yeah, so let's go to the next one: Saints, Lions. Let me throw this to, to Ant here. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? New Orleans on the road laying four points, over under 54 and a half. You got to like them bouncing back a little bit, but I think that Lions team is feisty. Uh, they really shouldn't have lost week one. They're, they're getting healthier. They got Galladay back, which I think was underrated, and Akuda back in the secondary. They're, they're highly touted draft pick. And he he played well last week, did. didn't he? Yeah. So I don't think you want to – you know, as much as I want to say you, you think the Saints bounce back and they're a stronger team, I think Michael Thomas and that offense look a little out of sync right now, right? Yeah. Thomas is out. Breeze is just dinking and dumping and dinking and dumping. So. To me, this line, don't you think this line goes – what are you seeing it at? It opened at five and a half. Now it's at four. I've, that's, that's a weird line movement to me. Um, yeah, honestly, like, and yeah, and also like, it should be a seven. It should be a seven-point line, and that that screams take Detroit. There's a bit, yeah. There's a bit of a trap factor, I think, across with the point differential. They have the same exact record, but the Lions are minus twenty-two at one and two, and the Saints are minus six at one and two. However, mm-hmm. the Lions got beat down by Aaron Rodgers by 21 points. So that number is very statistically inaccurate and ambiguous. Yeah. Where theoretically, the Lions are actually a bit undervalued versus this number. And I think that, like, when you look at it, I don't know. I mean, like, it's hard to say with Drew Brees right now because there's a lot of public narratives in the mainstream media saying that he's over the hill and he can't throw the ball and he's a game manager. I, I don't like to just attach to the, you know, quick recency bias hot take narrative, but you know, having watched him, especially without Michael Thomas, I think they are a little more pedestrian on offense. And then, of course, fading Matthew Stafford is always just a problem. The guy is like the backdoor king. And so you're right in the I zone would, at, at four to five points. That's, that's screaming for a late touchdown on a 10-point yes, lead. Yes, yeah, like I would, I would lean Lions. Yep. And I would also lean the over because the Lions played an under against the Bears – they played an under against the Cardinals. They played a massive over at Green Bay. And I think the line is kind of screaming like they're kind of flip-flopping defensive efforts versus like the pace of the opponent, where I think this would probably come up. And this is just like your classic one o'clock game. It's, this is going to be noon central time. And it's going to be that game where like you're just going to see back and forth the whole way. And it's just going to be a lot of points and just like a massive sweat. Yeah, it looks like totally. I think it opened a little higher on the total. It's it looks like most, bit, most of the still... wagers are coming on New Orleans as well. So yeah. Well, yeah, I would think the public would definitely be on New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing 73% early money to like 27%. What's the yeah. next one you guys got? Is that Cardinals, Cardinals Panthers? Is that the next on your list, Sharky? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not exactly, but we can absolutely go there. So we got Cardinals minus three and a half at Panthers. <laughs> Pun, any comments? Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals, I think it's a nice bounce back. It, it, this will show this, – this game will show if the Cardinals are a threat or not. Because if you, if you want to win the NFC West and you want to be um, kind of up there with Seattle in that division, this is a game you have to win, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a home, it's an away game, but away games don't matter anymore. And it's a Panther yeah. team that just isn't – I mean, I know they played good last week and you were on them and they, and they won outright, but I, 
They're out. Another one, they're, they're out. They are outmanned in this game. There's, Would you expect that line to open a little higher, though? Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a trap like that. Line. Sure. It's a total trap line. Yeah. I mean, but and all the, the almost all the trap lines are. I don't know. It's just any anytime that it opens at four or three, it's a weird line to me. There's all. There's also like you know. I got to give a shout out to Bet on Jimmy and our Voltron chat. Shout out to them yeah. as well. He yeah. made the comment like, and he's right. There's oftentimes a week in the NFL where like everything is just polar opposite to public. Like the mm-hmm. public can utterly crush. The Vegas books historically, this is going back thirty to forty years, annihilate the public in NFL. They make all their money in the NFL. So the public has to get crushed eventually, right? It's been pretty damn public for the last couple of weeks. So at what point does it flip? And I'm looking at this game as a perfect example of where it might flip. And this is why, right? They caught the Niners in obviously a bit of a Super Bowl hangover divisional game in week one. Then they blew out Washington, who was off of a divisional cover at home against Philly, traveling to West Coast time. That's a total trap letdown spot for Washington. So they were 2-0 against the spread, but both of those make sense as to why they would cover. Then I had lines against them last week because, of course, it made sense. That's a massive letdown spot and a buy low on the lines. However, this is where it gets really fucking weird. They're at the Panthers this week out of Division Road. Then they're at the Jets out of Division Road. Then they're at the Cowboys in primetime TV. Then they play the Seahawks, Bills, Seahawks, Patriots, and Rams. Five so they're out back. Of All right. So they're, the middle of their schedule is tough. That's meaty. And, yeah. right, this could be a three-game lull here. You got to remember, this is Cliff Kingsbury, college coach. College coaches like that don't usually transfer over that well, and he has transferred a little too well. Also, a rookie court, or second year quarterback. Again, and I made the comment last week. Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Covers. The guy is scrappy. He's smart. He manages the game. And also, you got to remember the Panthers with Matt Rule out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. Baylor was that that dude was one of the dudes that was more highly touted out of the college ranks. And, like, and Joe Brady as well as their offensive coordinator. Shout out LSU. Um, yeah. Kind yeah. of learn is bringing that scheme on because Rule is a defensive guy at heart. So bringing in Joe Brady is so smart. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and truly, I, I think that looking at the large sample schedule is very important because you do look at they kind of peaked early because they they came out inspired, and then they do get Lions at Panthers at Jets three in a row before primetime Cowboys, National Seahawks, then Dolphins, which is a bullshit game, but then Bills at Seahawks primetime again, Patriots. One o'clock at home and Rams. I see that I see that as they better win these games. Today. Yeah, but you got you got to get in their mind where they're looking at a sixteen game schedule. I mean, Kyler Murray is only twenty three years old. Like you know, a lot of these guys they just don't have the ability to like super focus into spots that don't inspire them. Like at just absolute face value today, you know. And I think that there's a good chance they go two and zero, and then they'll be they will beat the Jets because they're just they're better. And then at Cowboys, these three games, Lions, Panthers, actually just these two games, at Panthers, or excuse me, versus Lions and at Panthers are the two just let down spots. And then Jets blow out, and then, and then they get inspired for Cowboys, Seahawks, Bills, Seahawks, mm-hmm. Patriots, Rams. Yeah, so yeah. I think Panthers might win this game, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. We got to look at that. But now that's, a, that's another t- – that's another – that's just another hard one. Um, let's look at Jacksonville. Let's look at another ball buster. Jacksonville's, we touched on that one a little bit. Jacksonville, too. I yeah. mean, um, I mean, I personally, I, I think it's a similar spot to that Jags Dolphins game, and and I I do think them not, you know, coming back in as the underdog is is the the role they want to play. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I'm I, I have that circle already. I'm taking the Jags a hundred percent here, and I really I really do think like when you look at. What they did, they backdoor covered against the Chargers. They backdoor covered on the road and on a Thursday night divisional game against Baker and, and the Browns. And then they caught the Eagles, who are just massively overvalued and uninspired in their home stadium without fans. There's oh. three this is spread, two backdoors, and a backdoor game out of the division against the Eagles. Jags surprise. come in. Surprise. Do we have a surprise here? Do we have a surprise guest on the line? Who is it? Not me. It's the leader of our contest, Mr. Lock, that's it's a bit of a surprise. It's a bit of a surprise, guys. Has what the hell's up, the guys? He crawled out of that Yankee postseason victory stupor he's in over there. I see the smile on his face. He can't get that green off. I can't see him yet. Can't see me yet there, Sharky? Yo. There he is. 
What's up, brother? You How missed them Yankees, huh? You miss Sharky saying that he's he's like right on your tail. He's coming to he get said he's you. Coming, you know? I think was the exact words. Listen, coming hot. I, 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 it's tough being at the top of the mountain so early. You know, you don't want to blow <laughs> your load too early. But uh, you know, uh, first week you could say it's a fluke, but two weeks now at the top, uh, I think I'm here to stay, and um, I have a nice, comfy place at the top where I've just been uh, hanging out at the bar. You know. I'm right at the top, just drinking a cocktail or two, waiting for people to catch up to me. And it's tough because I'm waiting for someone to catch up to me. And, and it hasn't happened yet, but I do, I do know that there are um, some competitors behind me. I do know that. So thanks for pointing that out. That is true. Yeah, I yeah, know. That's, that's smart of you. That's very yeah. smart of you to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. So you want to break down some games with us, Locke? What's that? You want to break down some games with us? I'm down. Yeah. What, what, are, what are you guys cooking over there? All right, let me, I'm, I'll throw, I'll, I'm going to throw it to him right here. This is the one I want to hear. Cowboys at one and two, awful loss at home against the Browns, awful win, two and one, laying four and a half. Dallas minus four and a half, hosting the Browns. Dallas laying the four and a half? To the Browns at home. In big D. I, I, I got to go, go with the dog there. I like, I like the Browns plus four and a half all day. Ooh, all day, Ooh. all day. I think Baker Mayfield train has taken off officially, and uh, I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. I'm not buying what Mike McCarthy's selling, and I think Dak Prescott has to come down to planet Earth, and I think Jerry Jones has a few skeletons in the closet that he has. Shots fired. Why? What are you guys cooking over there? What are you guys thinking? I think you know? that if I had to make a comment on this. Now that I'm looking at it, Cowboys' first half might be a ringer because they have shown significant tendency to play shitty games on the road and come home and blow teams out in the first half. And the Browns have the exact same tendency just in the converse. They play great at home, then they go on the road and they come out flat as shit. I queued a one game last year. They played on the road at the 49ers in a primetime game off a home win and a convincing win. And they just came out. They were down like three touchdowns in the first half. I think that, and of course you can't put that in the contest. First half is, you know, not the contest. I think I might personally put in a, at least one unit on Cowboys first half. And I gotta, and I gotta, uh, like yeah. And I gotta make a quick comment here. Sharky's first half takes in our chat are fire i mean he is hot on these first half takes so if he puts if he puts out a first half line you, you need to hop on it because i mean it's it's insane so and again this spot is it's not just because the cowboys just lost a road game and it's not just because it's the cowboys at home it's also because the opponent has the exact same tendency it's just this perfect merge mm. And uh, but anyway, look. Let's throw you another one. Steelers, Titans. Obviously, Titans. COVID, but maybe not. I mean, five guys. I mean, who knows? You know, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, what burger shop? I think five guys. I oh, definitely fantastic. liked what you were. I, I liked what you were cooking this morning. What you're saying with the with the Titans. I think it's a great spot for the Titans. And I do. I concur with you on that. But I don't know how you can even like begin to even think about that game with with all this COVID shit. It's like you know. I mean, what if what if you know, what if you have Tannehill out? You may, you know, you may have a, a running back out. King Henry, God forbid, what if he's out? You know, so are they announcing? Are they going to announce the guys that are out? They're not going to until the game time, I guess, right? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're very much in the dark on this. Yeah. But just all things considered, before this mini, you know, crisis, the Titans are a fantastic spot. And of course, we are on record here, so it's worth putting on the record. The Titans are three and zero straight up, but they're zero and three against the spread. It's just such an unbelievable little merge dynamic where that never happens. But usually that's a fade. Mm. This is unique. I mean, this team is pretty damn good. And they got backdoored by the Jags. And they didn't cover at Denver because of, what, three missed field goals? And then they didn't cover last week because they got a representative home effort on a plus two against Kirk Cousins, who was also 0-2 against the spread. I thought their defense would be better. I thought the Titans' defense would be a little bit better than it is, personally. Yeah, I mean, they, cover, they they shut down the Broncos. And, then of course, Minnesota's bipolar. I mean, in their home stadium off an absolute disgusting effort at the Colts. That was just – They were going to show up to some degree. 
Right. Exactly. So I think that's more on the Vikings there. And I just think in general, this is just such a unique spot that you do rarely see. You rarely see a 3-0 and straight up and an 0-3 ATS where it's still actually a good buy low on them. Hmm. ATS. It's almost always a fade, but it's not here. It's just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. I think another interesting spot in that game, though, could be the total. Um, I think the Titans are trending towards – except for maybe week one because that, that stayed pretty low scoring. But I think two and three, they went over – they're not getting as many stops as you'd think. Like, pun reference, that defense probably being you, – you think it's, it's better than it is coming off of last year. You know, depending on what they roll out there against the Steelers, a, a team that can get going. They're they're surpri- they're, the right Titans now. are such a ball control team. It's surprising that they're 3-0 and and 0-3 against the spread because they're a ball control team. When, they, when they're not a comeback team, they're like, kind of like Baltimore in that aspect. Um, Are we not worried about the Steelers' defense completely shutting down and obliterating the Titans' offense? No, not at all. Play a little because if you look at here, I mean, you got Vince Williams, you got a guy, no. you, know, you got you got Watt out there, uh, you got a great defensive line with Hayward. I mean, well, I am now. I mean, I am now. I mean, the, the guy that's leading our damn contest just brought it up. Of course, I'm worried about it now. Thank you. I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. I love doing a little good cop, bad cop. <laughs> I'm into that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about it now. Thanks. <laughs> well, I don't know. They do have a lot of good players on that defense. Yeah, they do. They're really good. Let me, let me make a comment on that. The If you really look at what happened with the Steelers so far, I mean, they, they have the 30th strength, strength of schedule in the league. They shut down Daniel Jones on the road in an empty stadium. Absolutely. And they shut down the Broncos at home. The Broncos are atrocious offensively. And then last week, they didn't really shut down the Texans. The Texans are depleted, obviously, a horrendous trade. DeAndre Hopkins gutting the offense. But they still did score 21 points, and they scored, I think, what, 19 or 18 in the first half. So, truthfully, no, I'm, I'm not worried at all. And, of course, yeah, they do have a couple studs on the, on the D-line and, you know, a couple backers and whatnot. But I think the Titans are explosive, and I think the Titans are just kind of like like waiting to obliterate somebody. Like, I, I could see the Titans, again, this outside of the crisis – I would expect the Titans to win this game by, you know, six to ten points comfortably. Wow. Okay. So what's the, okay. so what's the game of the week this week? If we, let's, let's pick one more to talk about. I'm just a quick guest here. I don't want to run on your parade. I'm in and out. So I'm just going to give you guys some quick little cooking. I did it before. And, let's do it. Uh, let's do it. So Go. I want, coming off my big Yankees win, uh, I'm on my DraftKings app. Not a sponsored you. ad yet. It should be sponsored. Yet. On yeah. my DraftKings app, I just unloaded the U-Haul truck and I backed it into the garage and I just put all the money in the world on the Denver Broncos this week. Whoa. A guy named Brett Rippian. I don't even know if how you say Rippin. it. Brett Rippian. I'm going to stop you now Brett because Rippin. I know I know what you're doing. You're playing the emotional motherfucking hedge <laughs> bastard because you bleed green. <laughs> I bleed green. No, it's true. I do bleed green, but listen, Vic Fangio – I'm an old school guy, all right? I like good coaches in good spots. I don't like a guy that's lost the locker room with Adam Gase. Adam Gase has lost the locker room. Uh, Sam Darnold wants to be on, you know, hunting at a beach in California, hitting the waves, hitting his kombucha. Sam Darnold has checked out, unfortunately. You're not worried about you're not worried about Fangio like leaving two timeouts in his pocket or anything. I think Fangio's gonna get those guys rolling. I think this guy, Brett Ripian's gonna step up. And I think I think uh, Melvin Gordon's going to have a day on that depleted uh, defense for the Jets. Well, you know um, your team. You know your team better than I do. I mean, that's... I I've seen him a ton. And uh, listen, this if just I verifies lose I'm taking bet, the then over. The heat check it will be over, but the heat check is still going on. Heat checks going. I'm putting all the money in the world on the Broncos. And well, uh, lock, lock, I'm out. lock. Guess oh, what? I... He's out. Oh, he's out. Look, the man is gone. The man is gone. Well, he we just must pulled his, he just pulled his best Bebo impression. Not open for debate. <laughs> Don't even. I like the flair. I like the flair. Don't uh, even. Although it's funny, you know, before he obviously checked out, but he has the right idea there with the over. Yeah, he does. He does. Although, he does. of course, as we made the comment before, like third string QB, I mean, who knows, really, but – Whatever. Anyway, let's get back to the, the streets. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go one more game. We got. Let's go one more game. Game of the week. I think it's. I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. But I think Patriots it's Chiefs. Pete's Pat's Chiefs, right? Yeah, Patriots Chiefs. Charky, you're you're a Patriots guy. Tell us what we can expect in this matchup. I see Kansas City minus seven 
Uh, over under 54, we have Lockets.net rejoining. I, le I, le I left way too abruptly, guys. I'm sorry. Oh. We're talking Pat's Chiefs now. We're talking oh. Pat's Chiefs. Then uh, I'm definitely gone. I'm definitely out, guys. Be good, all right? Uh, all right. Sharky, I interrupted you. Though. What do you have to say about the Broncos-Jets? I was going to say, prior, we were talking about that game, and I said the over was my favorite side. So, okay. confirm that idea. That just, I think, and we were saying short week, the defenses, it's kind of more of a public narrative that, like, everybody's going to suck. It's like, no, actually, the defenses backpedaling fatigued right. are actually far worse. And, of course, this line is fucking coming way up. The Jets have scored 20 total points in the last two games, and they're supposed to score 20. It's a 40 line, so and it's a pick, and they're averaged to 20 this week. So I think it's, it just confirms all, like, numerical upward movement and narrative upward movement for both teams, actually. I agree. I think we've, we've, now more time, we've now spent more time talking about the Jets, Broncos, I mean, than, than all other, yeah. all other yeah. news outlets. Get this man out of here. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's do a, let's do like a quick hitter. Let's just do a quick hitter because you know obviously the Patriots Chiefs is a 425 CBS national game. Tony Romo will be in the building calling every play before it happens. But this is a oh, shitty why can't that be a Sunday night game? It's a shitty game to bet. I mean, straight up, it's a shitty game to bet. Chiefs minus seven against the Patriots with Cam Newton. We have no previous matchup analysis. Like this is just I just walk away from this game. So that being said, great watch. Horrible to bet. Better game to bet at 425 is definitely fading the Bills against the Raiders. The Bills have been too hot. They shouldn't have covered last week against the Rams. They got gifted a P.I. call to actually give them the cover. Yeah, that was an awful call. Awful. Exactly. And then you get the Raiders who, you know, let's be honest, the Patriots at home, are they just kind of out-scheme them. They're more disciplined. They played a better game. But this is the Patriots, the best team in the last 20 years, period. So that was not really representative of what the Raiders are going to do for 16 games. And they catch the Bills too hot. They come home. And they were great against the Saints out of the division at home on Monday Night Football. I think this is great by low. I think you get plus three here. I mean, that's, yep. that's golden. That's golden hour. Um, any, you guys, any, comments, any, any comments on the, uh, the nightcap Eagles Niners? You know, I, I, don't know, I don't know much about what's going on with either of those teams mentally. Um, I, I think the Niners are a, better, a much better coached team. I think Wentz is the most overrated quarterback ever. And I think their coach is the most overrated coach ever. Um, I'll let Anthony, uh, I'll let Odds speak a little bit more to that one. I think it's tough. I mean, they're, they're both really banged up. The, the Niners probably more so. Um, but the Eagles are underachieving too. I mean, look, I thought the Eagles, I played this season total under. I thought mm -hmm. that was a big move sitting there. I think it was eight or nine. Um, yeah, that's a nice pick. But anyway, I still so, think they're underachieving, right? Yeah, but again, you know, I was looking at this one and I was thinking to myself, again, this is very similar to the Chiefs laying seven at home. Like, it's just so well graded. Like, you're just yeah. flipping. It's garbage to bet, really. And the only other one we want to maybe talk about is Vikings at Texans. This is a very interesting game at 1 o'clock. You got 0-3 versus 0-3. You got the Texans that had the number one strength of schedule the first three weeks of any team in football. And they catch I the want, Vikings off a home. I want, I, want, I want Houston there. Yeah, I, don't I, think, I, I don't think they're as bad as, as they – they should have won that Pittsburgh game. They just – I don't know if they got tired. I don't know if Big Ben just took a hold of that game and didn't let them get it back. But there were a couple they – they were up, what, 10, 11 points at one point. I think so, they were up. I think they didn't score any points in the second half. It was twenty-one seventeen the half, and they at lost half time, Yeah, they back. They backed yeah. the first half. Yeah, that late score. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, couple one couple more points before we just quickly talk about the NBA. You have a couple interesting lines here and just matchups because you have just nice little buy low type of spots. You have the Ravens off of that horrendous game at Washington, mm -hmm. and. This could be interesting. This could be a good spot to pound Ravens first half. Uh, just continuing on that, Bucks hosting the Chargers. I think the Chargers, again, if this is continued, Herbert, people were way too bullish on Herbert in week, in, uh, week two against, again, their, their home Super Bowl, divisional, whatever. Bucks might just lay the hammer down on the Chargers at home here, um, traveling across the board. And then you got the Seahawks at the Dolphins. Really short line for the Seahawks at minus six and a half. Again, the issue here is that the Dolphins covered on the road against the Jags. 
Seahawks are also a little too hot. It's probably no play. It's just an absolute sweat fest at six to ten points. If anything, probably a lean to the public side. Seahawks just they take care of business here, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And um I think we I think we touched it all. We've yeah. least, we we talked about it all. Um I wanna talk I wanna talk NBA, but maybe we can come back and do another do another show before before the NBA or maybe even after game one. What do you think? That's perfect with me, for sure. Okay. All right, let's leave this. Let's leave this where it is. Um, nice to have the leaderboard. Nice to have the leader come on. Nice to have the host come on. Thanks, Sharky. We'll be back soon with some NBA talk uh, later this week or maybe early next week. Maybe on maybe this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks right. for having us. Cheers, Thanks, guys. The leaderboard is fire. Follow it. Live it. Love it. Respect it. As I always say about Megan making money. This applies to all aspects of life, including the Dad Bods 2020 NFL leaderboard. Yes. Start your waters nation, rock or, or get out of the wall. See you guys and girls. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dad Bods Podcast.